Direct from Montreal, Canada, this is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Welcome to Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon, or as we say in Montreal, bonjour et bienvenue à Rock Talk. Uh, on this episode, it is uh, the one, the only, the indefatigable Ted Nugent, and I wanted to get his thoughts on this COVID-19 epidemic. Uh, people in Florida on the beach, uh, Guns and Roses playing to 70,000 people in Mexico and so on and so forth. I wanted to get all his opinions on all of these different things. And so uh, I'm going to jump right in to the interview. And the one thing that I learned over the years with Ted Nugent is as soon as the phone rings, you start the tape. That, that's it. You, you just start the tape. And so I'm going to play the entire tape. Normally when I do an interview, the hey, how's it going, blah, 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 you know, that, that pre-interview stuff I will cut out, but not this time. This time you are going to get it from the ground up, uh, from the first bonjour to the last goodbye. Uh, there you go. Uh, and of course, uh, if you enjoy what I do here at Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon and you do want to support the uh, podcast, uh, I don't do some of the other stuff, the Patreons and all that. Uh, but I do have a, a direct uh, paypal.me forward slash Mitch LaFon, paypal.me forward slash Mitch LaFon, if you do want to uh, support the podcast. But uh, other than that, and if you do, thank you, by the way. Other than that, let us get right over to the one, the only, as many people call him, Uncle Ted, Ted Nugent. Bonjour. How are you, Ted? Mitch LaFon, bonjour. Oui, oui, monsieur. <laughs> yeah, welcome to uh, yeah, welcome to the Great White North. Uh, great yes, place. indeed, I'm a member of the Great White North. I love the Great White North. I'm I'm an unofficial slash official Canadian. You got to know that with all the rock and roll and all the bear hunting, all the uh, friends I have up there, I I'd like to think I'm an official Canadian. I would like to think so too, and and I'm I'm sure over the years you must have come up to either northern Ontario or northern Quebec to do some fishing and hunting because. That is sort of the, the, the best part of what we do up here. I think when you say God's country, you're talking about your neighborhood. Absolutely. I got a lot of friends up there hunting around uh, Wawa and Ontario and up there in uh, Bob Cajun. And I got a lot of friends in uh, Quebec and up in uh, Toronto and, and Thunder Bay. I, I, I'm actually running for mayor of Thunder Bay. <laughs> That's a great point. Now, by the way, I have learned from previous experiences. I have started taping because I I know that you hit the ground running every time, but... Yeah, well, you know, I'd like to think that the conversation is the uh, impetus of the entire concept of interviews. And I've always said to people, it's the uh, opening volley, the, the handshake and the salutations and the greetings of and reminiscing old times and old encounters, that that's the best part of an interview. I'd like to think, Mitch, in fact, I'm way beyond the thinking stage, I suspect you are as well as a professional, um, that an interview should convey a... Uh, a spirit of a campfire where everybody listening is, is around that campfire, and you do a fine job of that, which made me determine a long time ago that you, Mitch LaFawn, deserve me. There you go. See, I do. I do deserve you. And, and, and I'm, you're right. There's a camaraderie that, that needs to be there, which is why I, I will admit this publicly. I never write a question in advance. I just listen and react and go where it goes. So... Well, back in the old days, in the you know, in the pioneering days of interviews, and I was there. I mean, my God, I stop and think, Mitch. I was born in Detroit, in nineteen forty-eight, right after Les Paul electrified the damn guitar, and Chuck Berry and Bo Diddley and the Ventures, and they showed us what to do with it. And it hasn't been 
it hasn't been much improved since as far as spirit and energy and, and groove and uh, defiance and uppityness and all the emotions of the human experience. That being said, when I first started with the interviews, they'd come on and uh, it was it was uncharted territory. I love uncharted territory. You know how people always exalt and celebrate that um, the life and adventure we are dealt with and we are uh, the opportunities for adventure that arise. Um, it, it, people talk in the terms of the road less traveled. Well, in the Nugent world, it's the non-road never traveled. And so when I approached the non-road never traveled interview days, they would start by going, well, here's, um, here's some of the questions I'm going to ask you. And I'd go, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. Don't, don't do that. Let's just have a nice conversation. Let's talk. I suspect that if we're doing this interview in various formats, it's because we both love music, and you know that I love music, I live music, I reek music, I am music. Why don't we just be spontaneous and instinctual? And that's what you do, and Agreed. that's what I do. And I think people listening, even right now as I ramble on, <laughs> they're probably nodding their heads going, yeah, we just like, if we're, if we're interested enough to listen to Ted Nugent interview, then we should probably pay attention and, and discover things about that we share, um, that we do agree on, that we don't agree on. Um, that we might want to experiment with, you know, that kind of stuff. So I salute you. We always have a good conversation. Always a great conversation. And, and I'll just say this before we move on. It, nothing is more frustrating than when a publicist says, hey, you know, whatever, Johnny would like to, to for you to send the 10 questions in a couple of days early so he could see. It's just like, no, no, no. Need. Well, there's a term, there's terrible. A term for that. There's a term for that, and if we were talking about swamp vegetation, including cattails and reed grasses, I suppose you could include the uh, vegetation of one of my favorite uh, plants, and that would be the pussy willow. And without the word willow attached, that would identify that type of person, because they, they don't have any spirit of spontaneity and, 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 and total uninhibited honesty. And I, I know after many, many conversations with you know that you know that I have no inhibitions and it's <laughs> none whatsoever so, so let, let's get right into the to the spontaneity and and what's going on in this world right now so we we all have uh, been affected by the COVID-19 but what I what I'm interested in today is how does that affect a working musician like yourself and people go well Ted Nugent has enough money okay yeah maybe but the truck driver might not. The lighting guy might not. The front of house guy might not. Talk to me a little bit about the realities of not, you know, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley and Ted Nugent and, and you know, Jack Blades. But what's the real cost for the crew and, and, and the people that, that show you to your seats? And what's this doing to the music business right now? Well, it's a ubiquitous uh, tragedy. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's touching everyone's life in every strata of society. And uh, the Nugent family, far beyond my musical considerations or my professional considerations, are my human considerations. And I'm in touch with Frank, my sound man, and Doug Bank, my manager, and Bob Quant, my tour god, uh, and my entire team, my band, my crew, uh, my neighbors, uh, my hunting buddies, 
the various charities that we work with where people are really uh, hunkering down and improvising, adapting, and overcoming to the best of our ability, uh, being resourceful, um, calling upon our most powerful instinct of self-sufficiency so that we as individuals can be strong and healthy so that we're better prepared and capable of helping our neighbors who might not be as strong or as healthy. And that is manifested certainly in the economic considerations, the the financial whirlwind and uh, desperation that exists right now. Uh, This is a unique experience. Uh, I can give you my, uh, and again, I'm going to comment not as a working musician so much, but just as a fellow human who was witnessing some of the pain and suffering and some of the unnecessary panic that is going on around the world right now. Let me let me tell you from my, my... We'll start in the nucleus of the Nugent family, and quite honestly, it has nothing to do with my financial condition. It has nothing to do that I'm a rich guy or that I've got a lot of savings. I have always functioned... You know, raised in a hunting family, you have to be pragmatic. And I think we discussed this last time, Mitch, that the ultimate compliment you can give someone is that that person is down to earth. That person is grounded. Well, the origins of that compliment come from people who live with dirty hands, the farmers, the ranchers, the producers, the hard workers, the people who bring the, 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 the produce from the earth to feed their fellow man, uh, both in the form of, in the old days, and, and currently, thank God, those of us that hunt and fish and trap, we are self-sufficient. We're, we're not going to have the problem of the masses in the, uh, in the cities around the world. Now we take it beyond just the Nugent family to my neighbors. What I'm seeing, Mitch, fortifies my eternal optimism that my fellow man is a loving, giving, caring, risk-taking, sacrificing person. All over Texas here in our local neighborhood and all across the state, and According to my communications with my friends up in Ontario and up in Michigan, and quite honestly, every Canadian province and every uh, one of the 50 states, and even on my Facebook, you'll see my friends from Japan and and Austria and France and Belgium and, and Ireland and Scotland, all around the world, good people are being as good as we can be, and we're helping those that may be a little more confused and scrambling, whether it's, you know, sharing toilet paper (laughs) or providing, you know, venison. What we're doing here, we're providing more venison to soup kitchens and homeless shelters because they're in the most drastic condition right now. But I'm seeing people, you know, you hear the colloquialism, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. I think that's what we're seeing mostly. Now, there's going to be the lunatic fringe who are you know, hyper-helpless and are not rugged individuals and are not Boy Scouts and being reasonably prepared. But I think the worst is yet to come, and I think we need to do what my great president did here recently and, and remember that prayer does get us through some of the most tragic and trying times in human history. And that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing people refocus more emphatically on God, family, country, neighbors, 
communities uh, becoming more frugal, thank God. Um, I mean, I could expand upon the, the essence of the Nugent tradition of frugality. Here's the, here's the triad of quality of life from Ted Nugent, the author of Wango Tango. I'm going to give you the three most important points for quality of life. And oh, I can't, me, I can't wait. They're written in stone. Earn your own way, which will put you to bed at night happy. When you're tired and you knew you busted your ass all day, that's where happiness comes from. When you earn your own way, you get up and you put your heart and soul into being the best that you can be, and you feel an instinct and a drive and a and a and a and a, and a, a, a vibration to produce to provide for your family. So earn your own way is number one. Live within your means is number two. You don't need to buy everything. If you've got student debt, you can't. Drink Starbucks. <laughs> you're, you, you see what I mean? When, if you're if you're only making X, you can't spend Y. This is how I was raised. If I made a dollar, which I did selling night crawlers to get my first guitar, I my dad told me you had to save seventy five cents of it. You, and quite honestly, if you don't need to spend it, we, we got your food and water and shelter here, so save it. Save that dollar. Sell another dozen night crawlers tomorrow. Make another dollar. And in 20 days, you'll have $20. So, so earning your own way, live within your means, and here's the big one today, more emphatic than ever, save for a rainy day. You have to live responsibly and frugally. And you don't spend what you make. Well, I have to live from paycheck to paycheck. Really? Does that include tobacco and alcohol, maybe a little meth or some dope, and a Starbucks? Are you? That's not saving for a rainy day. And a lot of people go, well, you're not in charge of my life. You're, of course I'm not. I'm telling you what has worked 100% of the time in the human history that you earn your own way, you live within your means, and you save for a rainy day. Because, Mitch, we're in one hell of a rainy day right now. And if people haven't lived responsibly and frugally, and it doesn't matter whether I make a million dollars or back in the old days I made $20, you still have to live by those rules of conscientious quality of life responsibility. And if you do, you'll be better prepared to help your neighbor who might not be that smart, smart or might have health conditions or might have other problems in their life. This is what I'm seeing. I'm seeing people that have been responsible, that are able to and willing and, and quick to assist their fellow man. So these are the tragic times of a pandemic. Oh, boy, this is heartbreaking. So now's the time to do what my Marine buddies taught me, and that's improvise, adapt, and overcome. Get smarter, be more responsible, and you will be stronger and healthier. I, I did a pod, I've done a bunch of podcasts lately. Would now be the best time in our lives to quit smoking, quit with the alcohol and drugs, quit vaping, quit spending money on this insane suicidal garbage so absolutely maybe this is a 
This is a slap upside the head by Mother Nature. Hey, y'all, if you got blubber and you eat crappy food and you spend money on poison and, 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 and chemicals, you might want to reevaluate your uh, priorities. So I know this sounds cocky and it sounds like, well, judgmental. I'm not, I'm just telling you, these aren't my rules. These are the universal rules for the human experience. If you want to have a good life and be better equipped to help your family and friends and your neighbors. So uh, I do this whenever I can, because quite honestly, Mitch, you know, this is how I've always talked. (laughs) This is what I've always emphasized in my life. So the, the rules um, are not really flexible. And I would like to think that as we face life-threatening danger with a pandemic, that now would be the time for people to man up. And I'm, I'm speaking of mankind. That includes my, my favorite species, the women. Um, and Shemaine is a perfect example. She's got a brand-new book right now about healthy living and women's empowerment. And it starts with those three conditions, living healthy and being responsible and putting only quality food into your sacred temple and don't put any poisons and and don't budget poisons in your life. I mean, I laugh when I say it because I really don't understand some of my fellow human beings who actually budget poison. So I know. this now, is a wake-up call. You, you, you can certainly budget uh, Poison the band into your concert schedule, but I, I want to ask you about musicianships or music, uh, musicians and, and their responsibility. You look at some bands, and they've gone on, and they're going to do charity work, and that's great. But you look at, for example, Guns N' Roses, March 14th. They decide they're going to go play a 70,000 festival in Mexico. You look at the exploited that say... F the virus, we're not going to cancel any dates. You look at Reverend Horton Heat that says, oh, the media is exaggerating, we're not going to cancel anything. Do do those bands and, and other bands like that have a responsibility to just pull the plug and just say, hey, you know what, now is not the time for bravado. We, you know, let me put it this way. Guns N' Roses playing last Saturday, was that irresponsible? You know... There's so many unanswered questions regarding the stretch of the pandemic. Um, I would like to think that, number one, I trust my president. I think Donald Trump was sent by God to, you know, start draining this corrupt, criminal, power-abusing political swamp in uh, our country. Um, and certainly you've got enough of that up in Canada. It's, it's quite honestly everywhere. But I believe his medical experts I believe his scientific experts. I believe his doctors, the best doctors in the world that are advising the president, and when they do press conference after press conference. So I love Guns N' Roses. I love their work ethic. I love their musical vision and their prowess and their dedication to their craft and, and responding to the demands of their, their consumers. But i got to tell you, Mitch, I'm with you on this one. I think we have to err on the side of caution. I have canceled all kinds of wonderful events that I just couldn't wait to partake in. But I I think the battle cry to social distance and, and separate ourselves as much as possible to, to mitigate and minimize the transmission of this highly contagious virus. I mean, I mean, isn't that, I mean, the jury's not still out, are they? And, and, and the, the counter 
claim to the the universal uh, professional uh, uh, information that this is a highly maybe the worst contagion ever. Maybe I would say that these different entities, including rock and roll bands and performers, I'm with you, Mitch. I think it's time to uh, batten down the hatches and and take the advice of these medical experts if we can minimize and, and reduce the spread of this virus. I think it's our each of our responsibility to do so. So I don't really know how those organizations can have a meeting and go forward with defying the medical experts and possibly endangering their fans. I, I don't get it. No, and in fact, the the first the first death in Mexico from COVID nineteen was a fan who went to a ghost show uh, at the beginning of March. Uh, just real quick, you look at a state like Florida where the governor has said, "Listen, we're not going to close the beaches. People need to go be entertained." What do you do with that? I mean, are is Florida just out to lunch at at this point? You know, I, I I respect the governor. I think DeSantis is a good man. I uh, I'm hearing the the pleads by the medical experts that the spring breakers have got to back it down. Uh, I also understand the important and 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 widespread you know suspicion. I think. I think citizens should always be suspicious of their elected employees, and I think the evidence is irrefutable that uh, whether you're a, 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 a Trudeau, what, what is this? He's not a president. What is he? He's the premier. What is the, he the, up there? The premiers are our provincial leaders, and prime minister is. Uh, yes, the prime minister. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's the prime. I guess that's supposed to be number one. If he's a minister, I suspect he's administering regulations. Um, it has a history of uh, racist blackface um, uh, activities, and nobody gives, gives a damn about that. Uh, and then you have other governors who walk past um, the worst homeless conditions in the world in California and has to step over human feces and needles everywhere, doesn't do a damn thing about that, but then decrees uh, basic martial law uh, I think we should always remain suspicious. But once again, I think, you know, again, I'm just a guitar player, but I'm a husband and a father. I'm a neighbor. I'm a a, a job creator in my band and my crew. And I, I have, geez, you stop and think when I go on the tour, the old guitar player Ted Nugent employs thousands of people every year in all these facilities, in all these venues, in all these hotels. I mean, as we go to a hotel and there's 20 of us, um, that hotel is working for us partially that night. So I consider this rock and roll uh, force that I've created over the years and been blessed with as a, an incredible responsibility. So I am looking at my July tour, and I can't wait. I pray to God that it's not canceled, but I'm going to err on the side of caution if this pandemic pandemic isn't under control by then. And I, I, I don't know what drives some of these political leaders across the nation. Uh, I'd like to think that what I'm witnessing here in our neighborhood in Texas, and again, I'm a communicating monster. You go to my Facebook. I've been on my Facebook already today with some 
you know, some important uh, information sharing and some really funny, silly stuff. <laughs> you have to do both. Um, you have to maintain balance in these trying times. But the communication I'm getting, Mitch, is that there's mostly really smart, responsible, caring, thoughtful people out there, and they're listening to the experts. So I don't know what would drive a person to go, social distancing could save lives, but we're not going to? Huh? So this is, I mean, again, this is uncharted territory. So we have to... um, we have to communicate with our elected employees, as I've always em- emphasized, um, to make sure that they understand what we, the people that hired them, are thinking. And up in Canada, you have to admit that the worst curse isn't the the power-abusing liberal you know, stormtroopers. It's the people who are uh, self-inflicted with the worst curse of humankind, and that is apathy. If you're not engaged, you're not really alive, and we're only given a short visit on planet Earth here. And I think you got to be engaged. you got to be in control of your life. Declaring independence and rugged individualism is the foundation for quality of life and happiness. And I'm, I, I know there's a lot of that, but there's not enough of that. Yeah, you're right. Now, you did mention the, the 2020 Best Fucking Tour Ever, which is the name of your tour, which, of course, is supposed to start on July 24th. Yeah, it's actually the best motherfucking shit kicker celebration tour of my life. But. There you go. Yeah. Well, it's, it's it. There's a lot of uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, hashtags and percentage things. There's, it's all blacked out. But all right, the, it is starting on July 24th, supposedly. Let's hope. Where? When do you start making the decisions of we need to move it, we need to extend it, we need to cancel it? Is, do you sort of wait till the last minute, or are you already starting to think? Hey, you know what? Maybe now is not the time to. What was the decision-making process for you? Well, again, pragmatism and responsibility based on the information we get from the experts and the information that we can believe from the experts. Now, I'm in touch. My my longtime manager, Doug Banker, my personal assistant, Linda Peterson. These are radar gods. They have a radar that picks up the 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 minutia information deluge across the globe minute by minute. And Bob Quant, my longtime Motor City Madman uh, tour manager, he's the, the most respected and demanded in-demand in tour manager in the world, Bob Quant. And, and Frank Tukowski, my sound man and, and stage manager, and my crew, my, my all my guys, uh, certainly with Greg and Jason, we're... we're we're not just, we don't just collide when the tours erupt. We, we're friends. We're, we're blood brothers. We're family. And the, the, the foundational pulse of my existence happens when I walk by that Gibson Birdland, and I can't walk by. I've got to grab the bitch and let her rip. I love the music. You know, I, I have such a diverse lifestyle that the music is still as raw and fresh and instinctual and spontaneous and outrageous as it was when I first picked up the guitar 60-some years ago. That being said, we are going to make the decision. Luckily, we have buffer time. We don't start. It's actually the tour is supposed to start around the 15th of July. These dates are pending. I think a lot of the dates are already sold out. So I'm hoping that the experts can steer us clear of the the ultimate dangers that exist right now, and that the Ted Nugent greatest motherfucker shit kicker all American kick ass rock and roll tour of my life will erupt 
uh, in July and August of 2020. But since we have a few months of buffer decision-making time, uh, we will continue to monitor the professional advice out there, the pandemic uh, conditions and, and fluctuations. And I'm sure by uh, mid-June, a month ahead of the first date, uh, we will have to either uh, make we'll make the decision to either go or postpone. But I, I'm gonna I worry about my fellow man. You know I'm really strong. I, I'm 71 years clean and sober. I've taken really good care of my carcass. I mean, except for my knees. I can't believe I jumped off all those amplifiers. What? Someone should have told me me there's this meniscus thing in your knees, you dirtbag. But anyhow, other than my knees, (laughs) I'm I'm in really good shape, and I'm I'm energized, and I'm 71. I'll be 72 this year, but I still do my chores, and I still climb trees, and I still chase pigs with a knife, and I'm still very, very active, and I still dance like a Motown funk brother on stage every night. But it's not about me. It's about those consumers that pay hard-earned money to come witness what Greg and Jason and I do, and the crew. I mean, the crew's professionalism and my entire team's professionalism is equally as important as Greg and Jason and my musicianship. So we will make that decision, and thank God for social media. Thank God for Facebook. I can keep people posted every minute of every day, and I do. I'm on all the time. I see that we're running out of time, so we had said half an hour, but uh, just real quick... I'm good. I, it's raining here in Texas, so I got the dogs in their kennels, and I got my trucks under the uh, overhead, so we're, we're in good shape. We can keep going if, if you want to. Absolutely. And, and it's also pouring rain up here in Quebec, but you, you did mention Greg Smith. He, of course, uh, spent some time with Alice Cooper. He's in a band with a friend of mine named uh, Steve Brown. They do this thing called Tokyo Motor Fist with uh, Billy Joel's drummer. Um, great guy. Just quickly talk to me a little bit about the band because you've also got uh, Jason Hartless, who's this young, upcoming kid. Uh, just talk to me a little bit about the Ted Nugent band, and then because I, I, I want to bring it back a little bit to music. I don't want everything to be doom and gloom. The last album, of course, the music made me do it. One of the best you've ever made. Uh, just, just let's just bring it back to the music and, and what it means to you, what it means to the folks, and where do you go moving forward? Is there another new album? You know, what, what are we doing? Well, the music does make me do it, and thank you for those kind words, because I know that if there was still a rock and roll music industry, that my last album, The Music Made Me Do It, would be as big and successful as any of my records ever. But since there is no music industry, unless you're playing, you know, children's Saturday morning cartoon pop music, um, what, a, what a heartbreaker that is, huh, Mitch? Completely. Greek, you know, when, when, you talk, when you talk about the virtuoso musician gods of Greg Smith and Jason Hartless, I mean, you look at the lineage of my bands. Oh, my God. Mitch, I think God loves me a little bit more because the musicians he has surrounded me with from the very beginning are breathtaking. The the musical capabilities of all my guys, from Carmine Apice and Tommy Aldridge and Tommy Clefettos and Mick Brown and Cliff Davies and Denny Carmasi, are you kidding me? And and Pat uh, Torpy and and Pat Marchino and and Gunnar Ross. I'm just naming the drummers now. Dave Amato. AJ Knight and Dave Palmer. Oh, my God, are you 
kidding me? These are the greatest musicians that ever walked the earth. Marco Mendoza, Johnny Gunnell, and, and Michael Lutz, and, and the Greg Smiths, and the, the Greg Aramas. Are you kidding me? So my point is, is that I was born when this rock and roll beast first erupted. And it's so, I mean, in the lyrics of the music made me do it. Um, you could not fantasize this brand new sound. That Les Paul guitar noise turned the world upside down. Oh yeah, the music made me do it. Not a damn thing I can do. The music made me do it. Now I'm going to do it to you. It grabbed me by the balls when I heard the blues. Chuck Berry, Bo Diddley, Little Richard too. Oh yeah, the music made me do it. Not a damn thing I can do. That battle cry, that musical celebration addiction battle cry is so alive and well and powerful in the guts and the heart and soul and the spirit of the of the Jason Heartless and the and the Greg Smiths and all these guys. I'm sure my buddy, I, I'm in touch with uh, Sammy Hagar. I just did his rock and roll road trips and we still just genuflect at the altar of those black founding fathers of the greatest noise in the history of the world. So at, at the tender age of 71, when I look over at Jason, 23 years old, and maybe he's in the top 1% of drummers that ever lived. And Greg Smith on the bass, I mean, uh, I live every guitar player's dream Every song, every night, that last record was such a riot to create with Michael Lutz and the, and the, 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 the entire team so loves the music. I think it's important for me to expound on this. Mitch, when I, when I was recording in the 60s and 70s, the band loved the music. The crew loved the music. The management loved the music. The record store owner loved the music. The record store employees loved the music. The distributors loved the music. The record company loved the music. It was about a music business. I'm sorry, it's over. It's literally gone. Now, it's not gone in the music lover's heart and soul of the world. But there is no musical industry infrastructure anymore that was a ubiquitous, global celebration of the work ethic of musicians that is epitomized by the Chuck Berries, the Founding Fathers, and Little Richard. The rehearsals they did, the rehearsals the Amboy Dukes did, the rehearsals that Jason and Greg and I do, even though we don't have to rehearse. <laughs> we just rock out on the songs. But the dedication, though, I don't think, and you're just the man to do it, Mitch, I think you should pursue the subject of musicianship work ethic. I don't think the average music lover really understands how we beat the shit out of ourselves and practice and practice and rehearse and rehearse so that when those lights go down for the opening song, we're going to deliver the ultimate beast. We want you to celebrate what we have been celebrating. This music is us. It's our heartbeat. And yes, I have new songs. Yes, I'm going to make another record. I got some new licks that are just insane. 
fun, grooving, grinding, outrageous songs. And with Jason and Greg, I have supreme confidence that their musical authority will deliver my vision to the infinite degree. So in the hearts and souls of music lovers everywhere, music is alive and well as much as it has ever been. Unfortunately, you got mostly classic rock radio that plays the same damn songs that's literally turning people off to those songs. And, and a bunch of mine are on that list, and I kind of cringe even though... I, I, let, let me ask you. So when yeah. when you hear Stranglehold come on the Boneyard or on some rock station, does it still make you drive faster? It makes me drive faster when Stranglehold comes on the radio. Well, I'll tell you this. I had an actual experience with this this week. I was watching... Uh, this channel up here that we have called Stingray Loud, which is they, they play loud music videos all day. And Don't Tread on Me, the video came on. And I stopped and I went, holy f- they're playing the damn Yankees. And I, I know. And, I, and I'm thinking, I don't think I've ever seen this video on TV. And I stared at it like a two-year-old and I just was like, oh my God, <laughs> they are playing... Damn Yankees in March of 2020 on public television, and it was fascinating. I, well, I, mean, I wish there was a way. If you, was, if you, my fellow Canadian musical blood brother, would find out who made that decision up in Canada to play the Don't Tread on Me song by the Damn Yankees, I want to send them flowers and ammo. I mean, that is so courageous of them. Do you realize, especially on public television, do you realize the status quo rules that they broke by playing a song with Ted Nugent on it? <laughs> I know. I know. And, and, I mean, That's and, beautiful. And yesterday I was watching the same channel, and they played VOA by Sammy Hagar, and I was like, wow, look at this. And it's a, it's a company. It's a, it's a company called Stingray, and they have these channels. They have Stingray Country, Stingray Pop, Stingray. And they have one called Stingray Loud. And just seeing Don't Tread on, I, I literally, I just stopped. I stopped what I was doing. I was going, that, that can't be real. This that fucking can't be. so beautiful, man. But, what a killer song. What a guitar, what a guitar solo. Was that a great guitar solo or what? Every, yeah, the whole video was great. And by the way, I was just out with uh, the Night Ranger guys on March 6th. And they were all backstage. Jack was handing out these uh, baseball caps that were all signed by Uncle Ted. And yes, the, the real like that motherfucker. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and you could not have seen how thrilled those guys. They were all like, "Oh, we got something from Uncle Ted." I mean, it was like Christmas. That's it awesome. was it was hilarious. And and by the way, I, I like the fact that you talk about how musicians back in the day practiced to get better and cared about the music because now, as you know, there are too many shows where the musicians just sort of saunter in. And they tell their FOA guy or their sound guy, hit the tape, and they just mime their way through it. And you're like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what happened to plug and play? Yep, you witnessed the real McCoy with Jack and the Night Ranger boys. Those guys still live the real McCoy. And I got to tell you, when ZZ Top, I got to get up on stage and play Jailhouse Rock with ZZ Top here last year, and it was just out of body. I mean, when you get to see musicians that still love the music so yes there are goofballs out there that just you know they they mail it in they they're not really putting their heart and soul into it i i, I always have this i call it ted 
Nugent musical vetting test. If the musician doesn't have a forehead vein pop out each song, he's not the real McCoy. If you can't pop a forehead vein at the crescendo of every song, then your music sucks. Then you don't deserve my money. So, yeah, Night Ranger is a perfect example, and all the guys out there that are still touring. I mean, you watch when Sammy Hagar does his different events and gets up there and jams and does an Eddie Money tribute, and you see Dave Amato and all these guys pouring their heart and soul into their love for a, a fellow musician that we've lost. There's still a lot of forehead vein popping going on out there. So the passion and the dedication is still alive and well. It's important to note that, you know? And and I'll say this about Night Ranger. First of all, you're right. They, they, they are working it like I've never seen a band work it. But what I found the most fascinating is that they used the moment for sound check not to run through Don't Tell Me You Love Me, not to run through Sister Chris. They used that half hour hour to work out new songs. So I got to sit and witness for an hour them sussing out parts and of a new song for new album. And it's like, wow, they actually care about doing this. They don't just want to, all right, hey, one, two, one, two, let me go back to my hotel room. They were working on the next new album during Soundcheck. Now that is a working man's band right there. Boy, that's great that you uh, emphasize that, that you spotlight that, because Jack's the real McCoy. The damn Yankees with Michael and Tommy and Jack I mean, it was a musical orgy every time we got in a room together. And it's because they were raised on that Chuck Berry, Bo Diddley, Little Richard, James Brown, Wilson Pickett, Motown, Funk Brothers musical authority, that emotional dynamo that still drives all these bands. That's certainly uh, the the, the newer bands may not be able to state uh, the, the connection to what Little Richard taught us. But if they were influenced by, you know, the second generation, whether it's the Stones, the Beatles, the Yardbirds, the Who, the Damn Yankees, the, the, the Ted Nugent, the, the, the Aerosmith, the ZZ Top, believe me, we're passing that baton. It all came from those black guys. Without that black musical emotion and authority and defiance and, and outrageous uh, delivery, um, there would be no cool music. And what you saw with a bunch of old guys like Night Ranger, I bet what you saw was like a bunch of kids, you know, discovering musical noise for the first time, because that's the enthusiasm that Jack and his guys and all of us still have. Say hallelujah. Oh, absolutely. Listen, there is no greater rock kid than Brad Gillis. He he just, he geeks out over everything. It is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, it is wonderful. And uh, I'll, I'll finish on this since you mentioned uh, some of the uh, the past, but uh, we are recording this on uh, March, what are we? Are we the 19th or 20th? March I lost track. 20th. March 20th. Uh, on March 18th, 2017, Chuck Berry passed away at the age of 90. And of course, he was one of the founding fathers of everything that sort of came after yes. in terms of rock and yes. roll. Yes, without him, there'd be nothing, man. Absolutely, and one of the one of the greatest. Anyway, on that, because uh, I could go on forever, but we do need to get back to families and, and back to monitoring the news, because they're apparently going to announce a two-week lockdown in Quebec, so i got to go figure out what that means for me. Um, but I will respect it. I will I, I tell you that. Uh, but there you well, go. I wish you 
I wish you all be well, be safe, be strong, Godspeed. Uh, now is the time to uh, maybe reevaluate some priorities in some people's lives regarding uh, the abuse that they subject themselves to with the smoking, the drinking, the drugs, the vaping, um, you know, superfluous uh, silliness, and, uh, and, and batten down the hatches, which means you better hang on to those dollars um, and 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 spend them responsibly and intelligently. And vaping isn't an intelligent <laughs> consumption, and drugs and tobacco and alcohol certainly is not intelligent consumerism. So you're going to need uh, all your resources in their optimum efficiency right now. So I'm praying for my friends up in Canada. I miss my Quebec bear hunting. I love bear hunting up in Quebec. I can't wait to get back up there. And I'm heading to uh, New Brunswick in June if uh, we're able to travel at that time. But now's the time to improvise, adapt, and overcome and be the best that you can be so that you are an asset to your family and your neighbors and your country and your fellow man. And I see a lot of that and I salute all those people. And again, Mitch, thanks for the opportunity for the old Detroit boy to mouth off because I really believe in what I say. I really believe in my decisions in life. And if you go to my Facebook, you'll see that uh, truth, logic, and common sense is alive and well out there. And I want to thank everybody that comes to my Facebook. I've got a lot of Canadian blood brothers that come on Ted Nugent Facebook every day. And we really have a riot. And we learn a lot from each other. And I really feel that love and that empathy and that compassion and the passion and the uh, support that uh, is all around this world right now when we need it more than ever. Yeah, that that I think is the the key word is a support. We all need to support each other. It's tough on everybody, and uh, you know it's not just musicians that are suffering. It's not just uh, you know everybody needs support. So uh, on that, uh, merci, merci beaucoup. Always, always a pleasure. And, and I know these the, the interviews become controversial. And people always say to me, "You shouldn't talk to Ted." You, uh, yeah, you know. yeah, you know why? Because some people are really upset with truth, logic, and common sense, so they want to shut me up. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, bonne chance. Anyway, thank you, sir. Uh, enjoy enjoy the weather in in Texas, and uh, we will uh, we will do this soon. And hopefully, the uh, the tour and other tours will uh, be able to ramp up this summer because I think we all need a a very very pleasant distraction in the next couple of months. Hallelujah. If I'm good for anything, it's a distraction. Well, listen, thank you very much, bitch. Uh, celebrate truth, logic, and common sense, goodwill, decency, and that positive energy and spirit that's all around. And uh, merci beaucoup, my friend. Bonsoir. Thank you. Here's Paul Stanley to tell you why he doesn't want to shake your hand. Some people might have a little rock and roll pneumonia. Ugh, not even cold gin will kill those germs. This is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon.